3: Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at (laughs) (sighs) GapFactory.com.
2: Justin, make sure you get that in for the pre-roll. Oh, Jesus. Everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, Cast. Brought to you by my FFPC and my Bookie, and of course, hosted on the lovely RotoViz Radio. I am your host tonight. My name is Dan Sanio at FF Dynasty Dan on Twitter. And what seems like, as always these days, joined by my lovely, lovely co host. Mr. Nathan Powell on Twitter at NPowellFF. Nathan, how's it going tonight? It's going well, my friend.
1: It's going well. You know, things starting to pick up on the real-life job stuff, so excited to, you know, a little step away from that and talk some fantasy football.
2: I like it. Well, the preseason is among us. Uh, We've got football galore we've got the lovely coach speak we've got training camp battles we've got all sorts of fun stuff has anything kind of tickled your fancy thus far any of your favorite storylines quite yet
1: well there is the the storyline that we have to to dive into and i think that you know might as well just start start with it
2: it's interesting you say that and of course we are referring to the storyline which is antonio brown mr big chest himself i got some, some frostbitten feet from the uh, whatever machine he decided to take a step in. Uh, he's had the hot, <laughs> the hot air balloon stuff going. And now, of course, he refuses to play unless he can use his old helmet. But, of course, the rules and regulations state that you cannot... Well, the the, the folks that license these things will not you know say like this is a safe thing to use for anything that's older than 10 years old which apparently his helmet falls into that category so he's been using the same helmet for that long is that what i'm led to understand
1: i I guess so antonio i mean you even went deeper into than i really even knew about because i've been trying to you know just be like oh that's (laughs) not happening and i'm not even the guy that's like overexposed to antonio brown but for me my opinion on this is that until the season starts until the toe meets leather, I'm calling this much ado about nothing. And I, I, and I couldn't end up being proven wrong. This could very easily blow up in my face, but I do think that people that are running away, screaming saying, Oh, he's got C T T E, He's, you know, crazy. da da da, da I, I'm not there yet. I think that if he starts missing football games, maybe we'll, we'll start to talk about that. But as of now, if you're, if you're selling for a 2021st, or if you're selling for – uh, one, one of my followers asked me, should he sell uh, Mike Williams for Antonio Brown? And this was a couple of days ago though, and I, but I did say I, I would rather have Antonio Brown than Mike Williams at this state. Yes, obviously one of those is more risky than the other. Even at Mike Williams peak, he's not going to put up Antonio Brown numbers if Antonio Brown ever does that – does put up those numbers ever again.
2: All right, uh, parents, if you're driving with your kids in the car, just scroll that dial back a little bit. I'm about to make a swear. The second he rolled in with that stupid blonde mustache and that <laughs> that whatever hair, Coolio hair he had going on, I knew for a fact he was batshit crazy. All right, we can turn the volume back up now. At that point, I trended myself towards either getting out completely or just fading until his price got to a point where it was palatable. All of this now happening, whether it's his feet, whether it's his helmet, whether it's any number of things, this has pushed his value into a state of, I kind of might buy here, as much as I want to be out on him because... I do truly believe he has hit some form of crazy in his life. Now, whether that's the concussions or maybe he was just always this way. And Tomlin and, and the Roonies were able to keep him under wraps for however long. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on his mental stability. But there's just something about him that throws me off from that. So uh, with that said, I still now think he's in that potential buy zone. Because now we're talking about sliding him into like fourth rounds for like the wide receiver one, him and Julio over the last however many years. That seems nuts to me. He's going to play. He's not going to turn down whatever $40, 50000000 million, however big his contract is, because of his helmet. He can put a new face mask on it. He can figure out whatever the heck he needs to do. He's going to play. And if he's out there, he's going to get like 180 targets because who else are they going to throw it to on the Raiders? So if these if these values are getting to Mike Williams valuations, even from a dynasty perspective, I'm buying at that at that valuation, and I want to be out fully. But that's attractive to me.
1: Yeah, and obviously, if you are going out to buy, you do have to understand there is, you know, it's in the, within the range. And Dan, if you recall. We talked about this in February. We I said it's, it's within the range of outcomes. Antonio Brown never plays football again. I know. And that was kind of like a joke at the time. No. Nope. <laughs> well, we're getting, we're getting close, closer to that range of outcomes right now, but now we're flipping the other way around. Now that people actually think that might happen, we're like, oh, pff, go buy Antonio Brown. What idiots would think he would never play football again?
2: At that valuation, the upside is worth worth the risk. But yeah, I mean, when we had that conversation I, it was it was like there it, it maybe it, but there's no way this is happening, right? and then here we are, you know, six months later and it's it's there's real potential, so the Antonio news has been absolutely crazy. One other place where the news seems to never not be crazy, especially regarding this certain player, is in Indianapolis the Colts, jim Mercy, chris Ballard, who has been doing a really good job of getting the players in there, but we still don't know about this Andrew Luck thing. Now, last week, I wasn't concerned because I was led to believe, and you know, similar to the shoulder thing, the shoulder thing I was a little more concerned about off the bat, but now this one, we it, it kind of turns into a whole different thing. Before, it was a minor calf injury. Now, he's got bone issues according to Ursae, but he doesn't know what he's doing, according to Jim. Like, we're all shocked, Jim. We know. So, Nathan, does this, you know, we talked about this last week, and we were both like, yeah, no, it's fine. Go, go get them if they're selling. But, I mean, are we, are we entirely sure that they know what they're doing? No.
1: We're never sure that Andrew Luck's health is something that anyone knows what they're doing. But I'm still in buy mode here where if people are starting to panic and people are definitely starting to panic. Like I I acquired Andrew Luck for Carson Wentz in a Superflex League like two weeks ago. And the guy who did it said, I'm sorry, man. I didn't like, you know, want this to happen to Andrew Luck when I traded him to you. I'm like – Oh, well, you know, that's just part of the game. And, you know, we knew two weeks ago about the injury, but you didn't really know how its severity. And Obviously, it's only gotten worse uh, from there. But, you know, just from a general Andrew Luck dynasty buying scenario, if you can get Andrew Luck pretty much anywhere below like QB2. So if you can get him like at that QB4 to QB6 range. I think that that is more than a palatable price, maybe using a lower end guy like a uh, Lamar Jackson and a nice piece or a Josh Allen and a very nice piece to get to Andrew Luck in a super flex league. Of course, uh, that would be the type of move I'd, I'd be looking to do. Also, maybe if if you can stomach the risk of possibly losing a quarterback for some period of time this year, maybe a Pat Mahomes for Andrew Luck plus plus type of deal. Those are the type of deals I'd be looking to make with Andrew Luck right now.
2: Yeah, and, and honestly, in some places, guys that are just kind of sick of it, you might not even have to go really that that big of a piece adding on to Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson's or those types to get Andrew Luck because people, again, people like to overreact, and that could be a really nice time to do it. Now, it could turn out that all of a sudden Andrew Luck has an actual like broken broken bone in his leg or whatever it is. And then he's missing time, but at the same time, you have so much upside built into that price that it's still going to be a win, even if he does miss a little bit of time, because you're not winning the league in the first few weeks of the season or even the first half of the season. You're winning the league in the back half and obviously in the playoffs, if assuming you make it there. So, And that's just a short-term view. I mean, long-term, Andrew Luck is still a top four, five, six quarterback. In dynasty even even if the injury concerns still linger because if he can get on the field at any point he's going to be a difference maker because he always has been when he's been on the field aside from when his shoulder literally was about to fall off so I think luck still is in that by state I think you have to tread somewhat lightly just because the Colts I mean they have a history of treating things very very poorly so you know proceed with caution but but definitely be a little bit more aggressive than that. to to try to get this guy, assuming you need quarterback help, or if you're just in the buying mode. Sometimes that's just kind of fun to do. Uh, Last news and notes thing. It's just be be really, really quick. We mentioned it a couple episodes ago, the Golden Tate suspension, and Nathan, you did mention that there was precedent for this to be upheld, and it was. He is getting his four-game suspension for a performance-enhancing drug that was actually used for uh, fertility, so not anything crazy, nothing, nothing, nothing bad. No, you know, substance abuse issues just or anything. That,
1: this isn't the type of thing where next offseason he'll be suspended again for right. using the fertility drug.
2: Yeah, there's no long term effect here. Uh, we're losing four games. And, you know, I don't think that's going to change his value much at all. Obviously, he's a little bit older of a wide receiver on a really bad offense, and he's going to be fed the ball. So I think those first few games where he's not there, Evan Ingram's either going to be the tight end one by a mile or hurt. Uh, Sterling Shepard, assuming his thumb is good, even though they keep throwing hospital balls to him at practice, (laughs) we can can probably chalk him up for some wide receiver two weeks. And then once uh, Golden Tate gets back, I think he's got legitimate wide receiver two upside for the remainder of the season whether it's Eli or Daniel Jones because Daniel Jones looks like he's doing okay so far obviously preseason is is a different animal but looks like he's holding his own for now. So yeah, do you have any any long-term questions with Golden Tate or or even short-term uh, questions I guess in dynasty? Uh no,
1: I mean I I think he is what he is at this point. I, I think that early on he's going to be a target hog uh with the Giants. I think that when we, maybe 2020, 2021 he gets, you know, more towards that like end of the career slot guy. I I don't see him as a target hog for too much longer, maybe one, two seasons, but I do think in the, in the short term, he is going to be a target hog and a guy who's going to be getting lots of targets where in a giants receiving core that, you know, it has some pieces, you know, Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley um, and Sterling Shepard, but, not much behind them and I, I would say that benefactor of the suspension being upheld would be Reggie White Jr. This might give him the opportunity to A secure that he is definitely gonna make the team and then possibly, you know, show what he could do on the field in the regular season.
2: For sure. Yeah. And there's there's a couple of the guys on that depth chart where if you're in super deep leagues, they're probably gonna get a shot early on in the season, but they probably don't have a ton of long term long-term value but you know if it's a if it's a deep roster league or or a 16 team or anything like that where these these kind of end of bench guys in in 12 team leagues now become legitimate waiver wire guys in in the bigger leagues now's probably the time to go stash a couple of those if you have free spots on your on your rosters uh grab guys that are going to be in high volume passing offenses the new york giants are going to be one of them because they're going to be losing basically every game and they're going to be throwing a lot so that's that's a nice a nice little uh, end to our news and notes. Another another nice little piece of news is we're welcoming back uh, one of our lovely sponsors, MyBookie. And you know we don't we don't like to go and get a whole bunch of different things. We like to keep the the people that come in to physically sponsor us to things that we actually use and that we enjoy. And so we're really really happy that My bookie's back um, because obviously we're not going to talk to you guys about it unless we really believe that it's something good or something useful. So my bookie's back. And if you want to, if you want to take a stake in this fight card, this UFC fight night, we're back, man. My bookie's got UFC rocking and rolling. Daniel Cormier defends a UFC heavyweight title against, um, something me Mio- Mio- whatever his last name is. I have no idea. I have no idea what his last name is. Stipe is his first name though. And Nate Diaz is back. I used to love watching Nate Diaz. One of my favorite of all time, just because of, how just <laughs> ridiculous he is in the octagon. So he's back for the first time since 2016. UFC 241 is stacked and my bookie is the place to put some money down on Fight Night. My bookie has better bonuses and more MMA odds than any other sports book, period. Plus, now we get to the fun part. It's almost football season and nobody does game day better than my bookie. This year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least 100k. Nathan, I know you'll be joining. And it only costs $100. So you pick five NFL games against the spread every week, climb the leaderboard, and score your share of the huge cash prize. And that's, you know, the, the big cash prize is the reason why my bookies always right to play. You bet, you win, they pay. So when you get in there, uh, they're going to double your deposit, your first deposit up to $1,000. So you throw a thousand in, they're throwing another thousand on top of it, and you got all sorts of money to play with. So when you log in you make sure you use promo code ROTOVIZ. That's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. So make sure you're going to MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ROTOVIZ. Bet. Win. Get paid.
1: And after you're done making your sports bets, make sure you hop on over to our friends at the FFPC for your fantasy football needs. It's been 10 years since the FFPC filled their first Dynasty League, and they've now grown to the world's largest Dynasty League commissioner service with leagues as high as $5,000 to enter. FFPC leagues are active and competitive, and not a single league has ever folded. Brand-new Dynasty Startup Leagues are forming right now, Redraft Leagues as well, in standard, Superflex, and Best Ball formats, starting at $77 and up those of you ready for the greatest challenge yet, take a look at this year's FFPC Main Event. What is the Main Event exactly? It's the world's biggest event in season-long fantasy football. And this year, it's coming to you with a half-a-million-dollar grand prize and over $3.1 in total prizes. Come to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend of live drafts and festivities at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino. Or drafts online from the comfort of your home. Main Event drafts uh, begin August 23rd and run through the start of the NFL season. Now let's get to our segment today. We'll see how much we get into. We're already more than halfway through our show. So let's get talk some sleepers, busts, and do not trusts. Just to give a quick introduction, obviously sleeper, busts, pretty self-explanatory. Do not trust is less, basically a, a less harsh way to say bust, more so like, okay, at that price I'm not sure I'm willing to touch him there. I think that he might be worth a little bit less this time next year. So let's start off with our first sleeper, our, our sleeper quarterback. Who is our sleeper quarterback, Dan?
2: Well, according to the notes that you wrote, because you like this yet fine young gentleman, that'd be Sam Darnold. I got to say, I don't hate it, especially where he's being valued. QB 21 right now, and they're filling in some pieces around him, obviously bringing in Le'Veon Bell is massive. You still got Ty Montgomery and Elijah McGuire back there in the backfield. Plus, you've got a, a kind of unknown wide receiver group but a plenty talented talent, the wider super group, uh, whether it's Robbie Anderson, Quintia Nonwa, uh, Jamison Crowder, you, you've got bodies that can get it done. Obviously uh, at tight end, you have Chris Herndon, who's going to be missing a few games, but there's definitely some capable pass catchers there. And, and you know, the, the Jets are continuing to improve, but they're still not going to be all that great on the defensive side of the football. So I would anticipate... A good amount of volume, and and Darnold made pretty good strides toward the end of last year. So I think his his dynasty value is is trending upwards, and I'm not sure that the market uh, has really corrected. A, a, a QB21 seems pretty darn low for a young guy that you know showed so, some pretty good signs last year, honestly. Yeah,
1: I honestly didn't know his value was this low, and particular in relation to quarterbacks that are going ahead of him. Ben Roethlisberger, QB19, Trubisky, QB18, Josh Allen, QB17, and James Winston, QB12, who we'll get to later. All of those guys, like, I mean, I think you can make a semi-argument with a couple of them, but for the most part, I'm taking Darnold over all those guys, especially in the Superflex format. So... That's where I'm at with this. I, I, I think that obviously his rookie year is pretty much his floor, you know, and he, he showed promising signs toward the end of the year. I believe he was like a top three, top four quarterback in QBR in the last like seven weeks of the season, if I remember correctly. So definitely showed improvements as the year went on. Got more comfortable at, at the NFL level. And I, I've said it all offseason. I, I think the Le'Veon Bell signing is huge for him. Yes, running backs don't matter. But when you have a legitimate threat in that backfield it takes away some of the pressure off that quarterback
2: and an improving offensive line as well. I think that's really important uh, because the line wasn't great that great last year. And obviously not having much of a running game uh, isn't going to do a whole lot for confidence. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with, with Darnold at this definitely at this price tag, there's there's no questioning that he should definitely be closer to that mid QB two valuation. So you've got quite a bit of room here for valuation for a little buffer. So I think now's a good time to buy. Like and Nathan mentioned it, his QBR the last few weeks was incredible. Kind of had a Baker Mayfield type end of season. Uh, obviously, the, the turnover ratio wasn't super great, but again, who is he throwing to? A whole lot of nothing. So I, I think I think we've we maybe stumbled into a nice little value gap here, and and it's time to probably capitalize.
1: All right, let's move on to our next one, and it's going to be our bust pick for the quarterback position. It's going to be Jameis Winston going off the board at QB 12. This seems very high for a guy that I consider one of the least amount of long-term job security at the position right now. I think it's Jameis and Mariota, where they're both in this contract year, and the NFL I think is going to have to start making the decision of with these quarterbacks making so much money at with their first con or their second contract. That do you invest it with the first round, second round quarterback, or do you pay a quarterback thirty five million dollars? And I think with that much money at stake, teams are going to kind of raise their bar to QB purgatory. Like I don't think if the Andy Dalton, if Andy Dalton's career had gotten to this point wh- where the quarterbacks are getting paid as much as they are, I I don't think Dalton ends up be getting a second contract. You know, at, at least in the vein of okay, this is going to be our starter long term. So I don't think that Mariota or Winston get that and particularly Winston because that's my take here. I think that Winston ends up either with the Bucs, you know, in like a QB2 possible QB1 role or even just a QB2 competition with a team next year. Yeah,
2: it's kind of weird because last year everyone was seemingly done with him and you could have gotten him for pennies last year, you know, with the whole Fitzpatrick nonsense and, And, you know, the whole eating a W thing, however long ago that was, everybody was just kind of off, off put on him. And I thought that was it. I thought that was it for his dynasty value. And now here he's back in QB1 conversation, uh, I would imagine because of his weapons that he's surrounded with and Bruce Arians, obviously. But when you talk about the guys he's in front of, you know, even the old guys like your Breezes and your Roethlisberger's cousins, Brady... (laughs) I just I don't see him outperforming any of those guys and he's realistically on a a, we're we're looking at short-term production he's to me this is this is like final season Bortles (laughs) with with Jacksonville right we we were chasing points the whole time after yeah yeah. I mean uh,
1: it's it's I'd say it's final season Bortles with a tinge more actual upside to start next year
2: sure yeah no he definitely has more upside to start for future but it, it's, a not, it's not anywhere near guaranteed, and that's kind of where that Bortles take yeah. kind of comes in for me at least. So, yeah, you're not going to get me buying Jameis at QB1 prices. I'm not sure I'd be in at QB2 prices unless it's towards the very, very back end of QB2 pricing. That's probably where I'd be more comfortable. So this one, this one seems – if we flopped Darnold and Winston, would you feel the same way? So
1: this is actually an interesting – uh exposition and you might know this because you're in this league in capitalist pigs i traded before looking at this adp clearly i traded Jameis winston and golden tate for sam darnold and that shows just how much i love darnold but also in capitalist pigs wide receivers don't matter uh so you know adding a guy you know a veteran who i don't expect to be a long-term starter to get from a quarterback who I don't think has long-term upside to a quarterback that I do have long-term upside. That was why I made that trade.
2: Before I move on another trade from that lovely league, I actually traded Sam Darnold for Nick Chubb and Josh Allen. So there we go.
1: Oh, now you're just bragging. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Now you can give your own here. I'll I'll give mine quickly. This is my quarterback that I do not trust. And I'm going to go with Kyler Murray at QBA. I, I have some Kyler Murray shares and I'm not quite going looking to sell, but I'm not confident he lives up to QB8 prices as of now. He's walking into virtually the same situation as Josh Rosen last year except for, you know, better coaching, but I'm not even sure that better coaching is going to guarantee him, you know, not being Josh Rosen. Yes, he's, he's going, not going to get, you know, traded next offseason, but i think that the path to him you know you know having a successful nfl career is is a couple years away not immediate
2: that seems fair my do not trust is actually a guy who i really do like and and think he's going to be pretty darn good but his pricing is is tough right now uh lamar jackson at qb 13 yes we all understand the rushing upside is there we get This probably, what, six, seven hundred yards and maybe six, eight, ten touchdowns from there. The problem is, is he's not there as a a thrower yet. He would have to make huge leaps and bounds and capitalize on real volume to get to a spot where we're talking about an actual QB one over an entire season, whether that's points per game for 16 or just 16 games in total. I just I don't see it. He, He was on pace uh his 16 game pace for passing last year was like 360 or 370 passes that's not going to get it done that, that's that's how many completions you should be having not uh, attempts so for me that's that's kind of tough yes obviously the rushing upside is there and that's massive but we would need to expect huge leaps and bounds in year 2 and not i mean it's really what a half a year last year for legitimate starts and usage. And obviously we didn't see him really at all as a thrower last year. So if he makes those big leaps and, you know, the shares that I do have are going to be great. I just, I can't get on board with going and buying right now or, or trusting that ADP. So I think I'm, I'm off Lamar until he kind of slides down the board into that Josh Allen, you know, that, that range. Cause at that range, I would much prefer having jo- Lamar Jackson, And it just it just seems too high for me. Yeah. I mean, this is
1: kind of where we talk about the rookie insulation where, you know, pretty much no matter what you do as a rookie, you have some sort of floor in terms of ADP. Josh Rosen kind of broke that floor by being that bad with the Cardinals. But Kyler Murray isn't going to go lower than like QB 12, QB 13, even if he has a poor rookie season. Lamar Jackson, he is kind of in a proven mode with his passing game. He has to show that he's an NFL passer in year two. Or he'll go from QB 13 to QB 28.
2: Yeah, and that's, that's my real fear. That, that's, that's what I'm legitimately afraid of. But if I'm wrong, and then he's probably priced at his ceiling. Maybe his ceiling is closer to where Kyler's at right now at QB 8 or even Russell Wilson at 7.
1: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the running back position. And we're going to do with our running back that we think is a sleeper right now. And that's Devonta Freeman. Uh, so often we talk about when you're looking for uh, running backs to buy, you're obviously looking for the better offenses and the better offense you look for better quarterbacks. You have the, the Atlanta Falcons offense with Matt Ryan and you have Devonta Freeman with a running back backfield with minimal competition. You have Edo Smith, who I'm not super concerned with Kadri Allison, not concerned with at all. So Freeman is in line for a large bulk of opportunity here do you see any reason other than possible injuries to not be really buying in on Freeman right now?
2: No, I mean, we, we, like with most running backs, injuries are the top concern. We know the volume is going to be there if he's on the field. He's going to be involved in every fast of the game. And like you mentioned, that's, that's a high-scoring, high-flying offense. And that's where he should be looking for those points. And the fact that Freeman's still being disrespected as RB23 at this point in the offseason, because it feels like we've all been talking about how undervalued he's been. And he hasn't budged. He he needs to be up uh, definitely ahead of like a Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, uh Josh Jacobs even. I I feel like he should be towards that top end RB2 carry-on Melvin Gurley stage now that we've all panicked and starting to sell those guys. I feel like that's where we should have Freeman because the panic that we're seeing with gurley injuries and the Melvin holdout. Well Devonta Freeman is a year removed from the injury fears. He should be healthy. He should be ready to go. And he should be much higher.
3: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
1: Let's move on to our bust at the running back position. It's Philip Lindsey, just one RB spot down, RB 24. He certainly does not have the upside or the floor that Freeman does, just one spot ahead of him. He has the competition with Royce Freeman. He's losing the passing targets to Theo Riddick, as we discussed last week. Uh, actually, no. It, didn't Theo Riddick get hurt? Yeah, Riddick, Riddick but, got hurt. He did get hurt, but I, I do think that – I don't, I don't think it's a long-term thing, so I think that he could still end up losing those those targets to, to Riddick later on in the season. You know, the, the general here is that there is – there's the possibility that he loses that, that RB1 job to Royce Freeman, and that's not – an RB24 isn't really a price where you can say, oh – you can lose your job at that price. You know, if you're, if you're taking a top 24 running back, you want a guy who is locked in as a starting RB one or a guy who is like a satellite back, like a, like a Duke Johnson or a Tevin Coleman in their prime, or, you know, in their like hype of dynasty value, they were in that RB 20 to 24 range.
2: Yeah. You know, you've got the the Lindsays and the Chris Carsons of the world who, who seemed like uh, entering the off season, they were, they were up much higher. And as time has gone, they've only slid down boards, and yet we're still talking about them busting because they're still being valued pretty darn high. And even at that, that RB24 spot for Philip Lindsay, we know it's probably going to be a 1A-1B type of split with Freeman. Denver seems more comfortable with Freeman uh, as time goes on. Obviously, they don't have anything invested in Philip Lindsay the way they do with Royce Freeman. And we understand that that's all, not always the end-all, be-all is draft capital. But you've got to give those guys the chance first when you've spent that on them. So I, I think we see a good amount of Royce Freeman this year. I do think it's, it's closer to a true split. And then once Riddick is back, I think it's something like six or eight weeks he's expected to be out. It might be less than that. But assuming he misses a few games in the season, once he gets back, he's going to be used a lot, a lot, a lot as, as a wide receiver uh, or a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I, I just it's tough for me to find real upside with Lindsey anywhere in the top 30, maybe even more than that, running backs. Yeah, it's that's not a great spot.
1: And my do not trust for this, and you can tell me if you uh, disagree here, uh, my do not trust is Nick Chubb. Uh, and pretty much I've been saying this since the Kareem Hunt signing. I, I don't necessarily think that Kareem Hunt's coming to take Nick Chubb's job, but Kareem Hunt is good enough to take Nick Chubb's job, and that possibility has to you know, be weighed in with Nick Chubb's price, and it's not really being done so at the RB8 price tag, top two startup round pick. You know, it's a very risky price for a guy who has a very talented backup. Yes, first eight games of the season, Nick Chubb might be RB1 overall uh, because he's going to be in a great offense with Baker Mayfield, and he's not going to have anything behind him other than rookies because Kareem Hunt's out, out for eight games. But after those eight games, that's where the lack of trust starts with Nick Chubb.
2: i got to be honest, I was, I was really – in a in kind of a tough spot with with Nick Chubb until until Cleveland traded Duke Johnson. That to me was the difference. I'm back. I'm okay with him at eight. I wouldn't say I love his value there. I think he he'd be more it'd be easier to trust him at the ten maybe twelve spot uh, because of the lingering Kareem Hunt return. Because I do believe that they will use Kareem Hunt, if not only to showcase him and and try to move, like sign and trade him or something in the offseason. Obviously, he was only signed to a one-year contract. But uh, I think they'll do their best to get some value out of him and keep Nick Chubb fresh for what I assume they're going to try to make a playoff run. uh, As I think we're all expecting from Cleveland after the huge success they had last year after going 0-16 and then, what, 7-8-1 last year. so. Uh, I, I think I think we have a team that's going to put a little more strategy into player health and stuff like that because now they kind of have to. So uh, I don't hate uh, Nick Chubb there. I, I wouldn't say that I don't trust him. That's a little bit tougher of a spot. The guy right above him is actually somebody who I trust less, and that's James Conner. Uh, he would be my do not trust. I think Jalen Samuels eats into his workload all year, especially as a pass catcher. I think Jalen Samuels is a hell of a football player. I don't know that he's necessarily a special player, but I think he's very good at the things he does well. And uh, then you've got Benny Snell there too, who obviously is kind of a polished turd. But um, they they might want to keep James Conner healthy too and, and limit his touches until they get to the postseason, because I would assume Pittsburgh's kind of on the same plan that most of the other squads in the AFC are that are on the on the upper tier, trying to make a big playoff run. So. I think I'm more scared of James Conner at seven than I am of Chubb at eight.
1: That makes sense. All right, let's wrap up. Sleepers bust and do not trust with the wide receiver position. As everyone knows, we don't talk tight ends because they're stupid. I never um, do, do, uh All right, let's go with our first wide receiver, or my wide receiver sleeper, maybe even your wide receiver sleeper. It's Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith is a guy who has had his kind of a roller coaster of, of prices. He, people skyrocketed him up to being worth an early to mid first at one point middle of last season. And then kind of, it, it just kind of depends on the day with who who you ask and when you ask them of what his current value is. He's currently being drafted at wide receiver 60, which I think is a pretty nice price for a guy who has the ability to be a wide receiver too in a very good offense. So I think that he has some nice upside right now. He's obviously a young player, a deep threat. You know, not a lot of a lot of uh, positives on his end, and not much not much risk
2: at his current price tag. No, there's like no risk built in into a Drew Brees wide receiver too. Yeah, obviously last year, you know, the knocks on him were were mostly rookie type mistakes. Gee, I wonder why he would make rookie type mistakes. I think at wide receiver 60, that's a hell of a get. Um, I've been trying to get him all over the place. It seems like most of the startups I've done this off season, I've been landing with Traquan Smith in the later rounds because he's always there. And I'll take that, that valuation all day, every day. On the other end of the spectrum, because Traquan is more of the younger player that, that we're kind of trying to bake in some upside into his, into his price look at somebody with a really high floor who's being valued at almost nothing. And that's Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. 32 coming off a tough injury. Everything we've seen, everything we've heard of late has been, he's going to be ready to go. And that's eh. wide receiver. 66. I get it. He's 32 coming off of a major injury, but when they're telling you he's going to play and we're still not adjusting, that's free points. I mean, if you're if you're planning on winning or even trying to compete, this is a guy you need on your teams, uh, along with like a Larry Fitzgerald. You get those old points in there for short term at very minimal cost. You're going to be looking at at, a real contender, honestly.
1: All right, let's move on to our bust pick. My my bust pick here is going to be Dante Pettis. He's a guy who's been the dynasty darling, uh, the guy who many people pick as a breakout candidate for this coming season, being drafted as wide receiver 31. Uh, my, I have some concerns with him with the addition of Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, Marquise Goodwin is still in that offense. And then there's, you know, just a lack of a proven quarterback there. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, a lot of people love him, but, you know, it's it's that's a far cry from a, you know, guaranteed, okay, I can trust that quarterback short term or even long term. And there was some reports that came out this past week about uh, Chan Han trying to motivate uh, Pettis by saying everyone else is better than him and stuff like that. And, you know, you can take all, all those reports any sorts of ways. But I, I take it as he, he wants to see more from Pettis at least and that, you know, he he's still might end up, you know, targeting Samuel and or Godwin more.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a weird spot. It it's feels like Pettis is going to start sliding down boards a little bit because I think everyone's kind of getting the same sense from San Francisco that he's not necessarily designated wide receiver one. Um, and we can listen to the coach speak from Kyle Shanahan all we want. I, it doesn't feel – and I didn't think he was a one last year uh, when we did get to see him a good amount. And he looked good, but he looked like a complimentary wide receiver, not like a true one. So getting him – Getting him as a you know a top thirty basically wide receiver, uh, thirty one overall. That just seems like a lot to me. Um there's plenty of guys behind him that I would prefer that I think have much, much higher floors. Obviously the Shanahan offense provides a pretty good floor in its in uh in itself. But yeah, I, I'm having a tough time with with the Pettis valuation. That's that's a bit much for me. And there's there's some of those kind of guys that once you get to that stage in wide receiver, you're looking at your Cortland Sutton's and your Sammy Watkins and your Robbie Anderson's. All those guys you know, have pretty good ceilings, but relatively minimal floors just because of whether it's injury or usage. you know, All of these things, it makes it kind of a tough spot. So I guess if you have a preference and you prefer Dante Pettis, that's fine. I just feel like he'd be more suited for... Closer to like the bottom end of wide receiver fours, maybe closer to Debo Samuel. I feel like that would make more sense to kind of have those guys guys bunched up a little bit more in ADP or in rankings until we see one of them pull away, or maybe they both start producing and we can move them both up. Just for right now, Dante's Dante's too high.
1: All right, and let's go to the most obvious. Do not trust to ever walk the planet. I know it's obvious. Maybe I should have been a little more creative, but I don't care because people are not learning their lesson. Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs is being drafted at wide receiver seven. Wide <laughs> receiver. Wide receivers. Dan, wide receiver seven.
2: It's almost what? like nothing. It's almost like nothing happened. I what? don't, I don't, I don't get it. And then we're going to get the com. We're going to get the comment. Well, nothing did happen. Obviously they got he, he him off. No, <laughs>
1: there is no way. Uh, like, there's no way on this planet you could say I trust that Tyreek Hill is done with off-field incidents. I trust that Tyreek Hill will never have any sort of regression. That's like
2: no. He's they, almost he's almost backed the first round. I mean, you guys, you gotta stop.
1: Yeah, I, there wasn't much analysis here. Just chill out, Tyreek Hill drafters.
2: Sure. I, I I mean I get it because it's a Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid offense and we all got to see what Tyreek did last year. The problem is is there's always that underlying factor that he could be gone at any point. Yeah or oh, well, so everybody else could get injured. Look, I get it. The problem is is when there's smoke, there's almost always fire and this dude's hair has been lit on fire for the last like 5 years it just I, I wide receiver 7 nathan it's like
1: like when people were capitalizing on him being like wide receiver like 24 or right. in that range like i i wasn't even doing it then but i could still understand it right wide receiver 7 i don't understand
2: no no he's back he's back to where he i mean he was in the first round there for a little bit but this is like immediately after the news it's like oh well let's just put him right back up there it's right where he like uh, this one this one probably bugs me more than it should because there's no way that turnaround should be that abrupt it it just shouldn't be because there's it still could happen there's still so many different different things that could that could come from it and as much as we want to say it's done and over with and nothing happened and the kid lived happily ever after it, it's that's just not how it works it's always going to be there
1: Alrighty, that'll wrap up today's show. Shout out to our our returning sponsor, MyBookie. Our sponsor, as always, MyFFPC. Make sure you leave a rating and review. Appreciate. By the way, I, th- I think we mentioned it a couple shows ago, but for everyone who left a rating review was a- unable to get to the Listener league, we appreciate you guys so much. Those rating reviews mean so much. So make sure to you know leave a rating review if you haven't yet. And, uh, you know, just shout us out whenever. And shout out to uh, Skype, hopefully. Uh, This was a nice show on on, on Skype.
2: Yeah, this one seemed to go better than last week's Zoom episode. So for those of you who have been along with us for the ride for the last few years, we appreciate you staying patient with us these last couple of weeks, including this week, might be a little bit sketchy again. Google did us dirty and dropped their Hangouts uh, recording bit so we're, we're trying to find a new home skype looks like it's probably it because this went aside from the hitches before the show starts it, it's been really smooth so we appreciate you guys hanging with us and and um your patience not like not like any of us have ever had any issues with you know i don't know audio or <laughs> you know I, I don't i don't know no well yes again nathan said it thanks my bookie thank you my ffpc rating and reviewing all of the shows on the channel let's go nathan do you have any words to finish
1: Kadoosh.
3: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.